Thin Line Believers is a Christ-based outreach for the men and women who walk the thin line between good and evil, order and chaos. Our motto is, our service for his glory. To the police officers, veterans, firefighters, corrections, paramedics, dispatchers, and whoever else may join us, we are so glad you're here. Welcome to this week's edition of Thin Line Believers. Hey, you've got Adam and Michael coming up here in just a minute. We're going to talk about some current world events and what that means for us as believers. So stick around. You'll, uh, you'll get something out of this, I'm sure. Recording in progress. Okay. Hey, Mike. So... I woke up to, I woke up to some interesting headlines, and it's just it's just continuance of the same from yesterday. And so, um, it's probably important that we address just kind of, I think the spirit behind that. But um, let's pray first. Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you for bringing us together today to talk about you. We know that you're on the throne and that you are in control and that nothing is a surprise to you. So we ask that this particular podcast will be uh, for your glory and for our good. We pray that we will speak truth and that you will give us the words to speak, that you'll help our electronics here to work, the interwebs to uh, keep up and, and help us to overcome that stuff. And the rooster that is being so noisy in my grant, my background, dear Lord, um, you're welcome to kill it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. No use for roosters, but we have them. So <clears throat> apparently they haven't been fed and I think he's getting an attitude. <laughs> um, you know, I actually kind of wanted to keep this, episode a little bit lighter because I keep getting questions and calls from friends of mine having to do with mandates and whatnot. Not, I don't want to be overly specific on that, but um, I don't know. It's, it's a little hard to be, to keep this thing light with given what I woke up to this morning, which is these videos out of Afghanistan of the Afghanis trying to hold onto a plane as it's taken off and, and some of them fall into their death. And it's just unimaginable what the, what's going through their minds. And not only that, but, you know, I have a lot of friends that are veterans who, who served over there. And, and I, I just, uh, you know, we'll keep them in our prayers too, because it's so hard to see right now, but, I, I think we need to keep this uh, discussion on the spiritual realm. And as a, a little God-led scripture last night, my wife was actually reading this and pointed it out to me. And then we discussed it briefly. And then I actually got into before bed last night, I got into John Corson's commentary just to read on this this particular passage again, and it's Isaiah chapter 32. And I'm just going to go one through eight here. It says, see a king will reign in righteousness 
And I apologize in advance, Mike, because I'm reading from the NIV. So oh, that's Very it. Awesome. I'll see you later. Uh-huh. It's nice knowing you. <laughs> see, a king will reign in righteousness and rulers will rule with justice. Each one will be like a shelter from the wind and a refuge from the storm, like streams of water in the desert and the shadow of a great rock in a thirsty land. Then the eyes of those who see will no longer be closed and the ears of those who hear will listen. The fearful heart will know and understand and the stammering tongue will be fluent and clear. I mean, this speaks of Jesus pretty obviously. No longer will the fool be called noble, nor the scoundrel be highly respected. For fools speak folly. Their hearts are bent on evil. They practice ungodliness and spread error concerning the Lord. The hungry, they leave empty. And from the thirsty, they withhold water. Scoundrels use wicked methods. They make up evil schemes to destroy the poor with lies. Even when the plea of the needy is just. But the noble make noble plans, and by noble deeds they stand. So I read that last night, and it really stood out to me as uh, being timely for right now in particular. And it's a little bit of encouragement because, you know, the second half of that, even though it seems to be a little bit flipped to me, the second half of that points to what we see when we're ruled by humanity and in particular when we're ruled by an ungodly humanity. But I like that it starts out with, Hey, this is what you can look forward to. You can look forward to Jesus Christ ruling and reigning with absolute integrity. And the part that I really look forward to is, is his rule and reign in justice because we just don't see a whole lot of justice anymore. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But this morning, I also listened to, uh, Mike, do you follow um, Craig Sawyer, the saw man? They're on I've social. heard of him. I haven't, I haven't heard, listened to him. I heard of him, though. He's uh, very outspoken, very unfiltered. Um, but... Uh, he posted about a 10 minute video. And if you don't follow him, I'd, I'd recommend it. Um, I think it's the real saw man or something like that is his, whatever you call it name on there. And uh, anyway, his, his, uh, yeah, look him up. So his video was in regards to spiritual warfare. And it was, I mean, just very well said, very well said. And I watched it this morning and it, the reason I liked it is it, it had to do with, with what I really wanted to talk about today. Because, I, you know, if you look throughout history, the, uh, the enemy's methods, they really haven't changed. They're the same. The only thing that changes is human technology and the way it's passed on. And Mike, you're reading Revelation again. And so you've had the chance for the second time now, as you're getting into it, to see, <laughs> to see the, the incredibly poetic 
verbiage of, of John. I love it. And you were talking about how, you know, it's, it's now in this point in your life where you're really starting to kind of get into revelation, both in a personal aspect, right? You see it personally as God speaking into your spiritual life, but you also see that in in a worldly aspect and, and seeing how God's working in the world as well and how uh, the enemy is going to have his day, I guess, in the world. And I think as we get a little bit older, we can appreciate the way John, the way John describes that a little bit more, you know, there's a little bit more of a, of a, a poetic view as he's in heaven, watching these things unfold. And, um, thank God for revelation. And he wasn't on drugs when he wrote that. (laughs) No, no no pharmacia. Yeah. No pharmacia. Yeah. No, you know, you reading that house in verse one of 32, Isaiah says the king shall reign in righteousness and, and the princes will rule in judgment. It, it made me think of, you know, when the church is caught up, we're in the cloud and in a second return of Christ, we're coming back with them to rule and reign. You know, and <clears throat> the Apostle John writing the book of Revelation, how many hundreds of years ago? And he wrote that after he's been boiled in a cauldron of oil, you know, and he's tossed in the island of Patmos. And, you know, for me, I, I, for me, if it's not first personal, I don't know how it could be projected, you know, prophetically too, in the sense of just for my own personal life. So in the reading, you know, I decided to just finish the book of Revelation devotionally and then go back into it because, um, well, one reason is I found my other Bible that I use in and it's what, you know, since I have two kids, I want to make sure each of them get, gets a Bible from me. That's one reason it's personal, but at the same time, I want to do, you know, again, read the book of revelation devotionally and personally, you know, and because there's this understanding, like when we get to the book of revelation, a lot of people are afraid of it because there's a lot of spiritual allegories and a lot of pictures and a lot of uh, things that we don't understand. But then, I think when we approach it with that aspect, we don't, we don't see Jesus on every page. Whereas I want to approach it devotionally for myself, not to teach a Bible study, not to debate anybody about pre-mid or post-trib views and whatnot. It's just more personal, you know. I want to be able to read it in such a way where if I could be a fly in a wall, as like you're swatting, is... Um, to be able to watch the Apostle John and to see what he saw, the angels, and what, because if you look at it, I mean, pretty much every time he saw an angel, angel told, write these things. So John wrote them. And so, and, 
And to think today, like we, you know, we talked about this before we started recording. It was heartbreaking to see videos of, you know, the Taliban taking over Afghanistan. Um, I don't want I don't want to make this political. And anybody who's listening to this, it's not a political statement. It's not about politics. It's about the person of Jesus Christ. But what's going on in Afghanistan is no other, no other fault than the current administration right now. And in 2021, um, when you have missionaries reaching out to Pastor Jack Hibbs, asking him to post something to pray globally for their, you know, and... You know, like I saw the images of the plane taking off and people chasing after it, people falling off. And I'm just like, is this a movie? Right. You know? Yeah. But I, I think a lot of the things that we're seeing is a precursor of things to come. You know, you know, Lord willing, that would be cool if we got raptured during this recording. Hmm. You know, we're gone and it's still recording, you know? But at the same time, it's a precursor of things to come. You know, the Bible says, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, the heart of man is desperately wicked. wicked. Who can know it, right? Times have changed. Technology has changed. Food has changed. Clothing has changed. But the heart of man that's sinful has not changed. And so, you know, in reading... Like this, this morning I read Revelation 2 and 3, you know, regarding, you know, to the angel or the pastor or the messenger at such and such church. Yeah. yeah. And each time there's, there's a compliment that Jesus gives. Hey, I know your works. I know your labor, you know, but I have something against you. And instead of being defensive, you know, because a human tendency is if when a, when a coach or a teacher says, you know, your academy drill instructor says, man, you guys are doing good, but I have something against you. You're just like, what? It's a prick on your pride, you know? And it's just like, what do you mean you have something against me? Because in our view, you know, we, we think it's right. It's, it's perfect. But in, but from the, the, the 10,000 sky view is no, it was good, but it was not, it was not good enough, you know? And, it's the matter of, okay, instead of being prideful and saying stupid stuff like, well, screw you then. I, I don't need your approval or anything like that. It's, it should be the position of, well, you have something against me. It's like when Jesus says, hey, I know your works, but you left your first love, buddy. You know, And Jesus gives you the answer as well. If you repent, if you remember, and you, if you redo your works. You know, to another church, he says, if you overcome or to those that overcame, I will give power. And so Jesus gives us the solutions. And, and a lot of times, like the things that we're currently seeing, I, I think is a precursor. You know, it's it, it kind of like when a storm rages, all of a sudden you, you kind of hear the wind. You don't see it. You hear the wind, you know rain cloud storms start coming you can see the rainfall you know uh, monsoons 
you could start seeing it, you know, and I think in Arizona, they call it a Habub, Habib, or whatever that is, the dust storm and Habub, you know, and so you could see that coming. And I think God's allowing a lot of this stuff happen, not just in the United States, but around the world as a precursor, you know, because, you know, the Bible is filled with, especially in Psalms and Proverbs, is if there's a righteous king, the land is blessed. Yeah, the people rejoice. You know, and <laughs> do we have righteousness around the world? Very few, in my opinion, now. You know, um, sexual deviancy is out of control, um, especially in our country. Yeah. You know, we, it, it seems like God has kind of softened the reins a little bit so that we could see, hey, we were, we were, we were I mean, our country is not a perfect country, that's for sure. But when, there was a time when police officers didn't have to deal with homicides every single week. Yeah. Now it's a regular occurrence, murder, you know, people killing each other. I mean, there, you can open up any newsfeed and there's some sort of stupidity going on. Women shooting another woman in the head, point blank, mm-hmm. you know, men raping kids with no, there's no issues, you know, and, and I think there's all these precursors. And so, as believers, we want a righteous king to come and reign. Because why? Because in righteousness, the people rejoice. People are happy. You know, when we have a good administration, uh, the economy is good. Gas prices are not in four, five dollars. You know, I know in Northern California, gas is, is like five something. You know, um, when I was in Arizona, it was two ninety two at Costco. I was like, man. You know, um, so there's a lot of fruit to it when, when there's righteousness. And so, but I think at the same time that we as believers need to want that. We need to be righteous. And one of the things for me, at least, is when Jesus, you know, I'll just read a couple of uh, verses out of Revelation that I read today. Um, You know, where it says, you know, chapter two, um, verse three, it says, and I'm just going to pick some words, not read every single verse. It says, I know you have born and has patience for my name's sake. You have labored and fainted. Nevertheless, here Jesus says, you have left your first love. It tells you, though, to remember, to repent, redo, you know, or he's going to come and remove the candlestick. Um and to each of the church, he says, what? Let him who has ear hear what the spirit would say, right? Um, you know, to the church of Smyrna, you know, he says, thou hast been faithful unto death and I will give thee a crown of life. You know, in verse nine, you know, in chapter two, it says, I know your works in tribulation and poverty. There's a, there it is, but... I know blasphemy them that are Jews and are not, but of synagogue of Satan, you know, to Pergamos, I know your works, you know, where you dwell, you know, where Satan's seat is, thou holdest fast to my name and hast not denied my faith. And, but again, in verse 14 says, I have a few things against you. I'm just glad he says few, not a ton, you know? Mm-hmm. 
But it says, you know, talking about Balaam being a stumbling block before the children of Israel. And notice to eat things unto sacrifice idols, to commit fornication. And then he tells you to repent or else I will come quickly and I'll fight against you. So on and on throughout the churches, he, t- he talks about that. And I wonder at what stage in my life have I resisted God? Have I got in the flesh where, you know, I touched things or ate things that was offered to idols, you know? And, and in the church, we're nearing the last days. And I think, I, th- I think the rapture of the church could be eminent at any moment, you know? Um, it's like, did you ever watch that children's movie, Chicken Little? Where it says, hey, the sky's going to fall. Yeah. The sky, the sky. You know, and I know it's a cheesy movie, but he, he lived as if the sky was going to fall, and it, and it did. And I think there's a lot of Christians that lost the sight of, the sight of hope that maybe Jesus Christ isn't going to come by. I mean, yeah. It's a scary place to be, man. Right? I mean, but if if you read history, if you read about believers of old, the believers after the time of Christ in the book of Acts, they lived lived as if, remember when Jesus told the disciples, I I go home to prepare a place for you, and I will come again, right? Right. I think those believers then, had that expectancy, the expediency of, hey, Christ is going to come back. Yeah. You know, and so I think a lot of us have that desire, hey, the Lord's coming back and we're ready. I think, there, and then there's others, ah, the Lord delays is coming, you know? Yeah. And I think we just need to be in that position as believers. To be ready when the Lord calls us, you know. Yeah, I had the I had this similar conversation with a buddy of mine the other day. I guess it's been a week, a week or so now. Um, but we talked about how both of us, for a short period of time, we were kind of looking for what are the signs of His coming, and neither of us were necessarily setting dates or anything like that. But we would listen to a lot of these people that would set dates, but say they're not setting dates. <laughs> it makes sense. High watch times, they call it. And you know what? That's, that's fine for them because they're watching. However, I, I, I would caution people against that because when we start to look at specific time periods, like whether it's a date, you know, a week, whatever, this month, we can get excited for that. And then when that time passes, it's a real bummer. And then we start to kind of lose faith. Like, okay, yeah, he said it would be this time. He's saying it's going to be next time. At what point is this person a false prophet or given false hope? When realistically, what we need to stop focusing on is when this is all going to end, you know, when this is all, well, when the rapture is going to happen. And that's what I mean by end, because at that point, the the bad things end for us, but instead we need to start focusing on that Christ is coming back, not when he's coming back. 
keep focusing on that he's coming back. And it, it requires patience. And you talked about Revelation 2 and 3. And this is one of the verses that, that's, that I have like a death grip on all the time. And it's Revelation 3, verse 10. It says, since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. And that's like my life verse. Like, okay, Lord, you've told me to endure patiently. Patience sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it's the it's the weight training, right? W A I T weight training. Yeah, I don't want to be patient, man. But then I ask God, like God, give me patience, and He's gonna teach me patience because He's a good Father. I'm not gonna enjoy it though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's gonna keep me from the hour of trial. Well, you- I, read, uh, I read Jeremiah 18, if you don't mind, real quick. Yep. Because this is, this is just more of where we're at. And I, and I do have a point to this. It's not just for discouragement here. But it says 18, about midway through verse 11 here, it says, this is what the Lord says. Look, I am preparing a disaster for you and devising a plan against you. So turn from your evil ways, each one of you, and reform your ways in your actions. But they will reply, it's no use. We will continue in our own plans. We will all follow the stubbornness of our evil desires. Throughout Jeremiah, God promises us that, uh, promises those in Judah at the time that, that if they will turn from their evil ways and return to him, that he'll bless them, that he'll keep them from this captivity that's coming, but none of them want to listen. And I think we're in that point today. And so I say this in conjunction with, with, with uh, Revelation 3 to say that what we need to be doing, I think, is keeping our eyes on the Lord, knowing that his word has already said that uh, crazy times are coming. And it's going to do one of two things. If we are focused on the Lord if we're spending time with him, it's going gonna, it's gonna to either bring us peace of mind. And at the end of Isaiah 32, it actually talks about this. And I'll read that when we get done to tell you how, just how you can have peace of mind in all this. Or it's going to prepare us for the rapture. And we'll be out of here before it all happens anyway. That's not to say that we won't have to be here for part of it, right? But if we're focused on the Lord, we'll be prepared for that. So that, that was the point that I was trying to make, Mike. You know, it's the I think, I think growing up, reading the Bible and going to Sunday school when I, when I was a little Baptist boy and all that, had my teachers back then kept it simple. I think I would have made my life simple. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until, you know, sitting under pastor Chuck Smith and he was talking about how, you know, every time you read the Bible, it should be about Jesus, you know, and 
um, you know, those of us, you, you have, you have kids, I have kids. And those that are listening or watching this later on, you, you know, you have kids. And one of the things that Pastor Chuck reminded me this week is don't, don't miss the supernatural God in the natural things we do. And when we, you know, our kids remind us, like when they're little, they hold on to our legs, you know, when they're fearful, they, they hang on to us. Right. And, you know, that reminded me of Exodus 33, where, you know, God is talking to Moses. Moses is talking to God. And in verse 13 of 33 in Exodus, Moses asking the Lord, now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And verse 14 is a dear verse to me, because it says, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. In verse 15, he said unto them, if Moses talking to God, if your presence go not with me, carry us not hence. You know, and having been in, you know, the pastoral ministry and having been a firefighter and a police officer. And now that I'm a father, you know, I wish I would have known these verses when I was younger, you know, it's all about Jesus, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. It's Moses asked for grace and God says my presence, right? And not gifts like kids, like, Hey, what am, what am I going to get for birthday gift or Christmas gift? You know, Adam, what are you going to get me for my birthday? Right? Not that kind of presence, but presence, like being in one another's presence. I mean, I thank God that we could do this, you know, through video. But how much more beneficial it would be if we're in person. I would have had to brush my teeth. You know, that's okay. You, you have coffee breath, right? I do. Yeah. But, and sometimes we take that for granted because why? We don't, there's nothing wrong with getting a phone and using the Bible app or whatnot, but it's still not the same as digging into the pages of the word of God, mm -hmm. flipping it, highlighting it, writing in it, you know? And, you know, the one thing that I noticed is like, when you use an app, it doesn't tell you brain what page it's on. It doesn't tell you, it's just an app. Mm -hmm. Whereas the Bible, you know, um, I don't know if they're still around, but it's, it's the old King James version, Cambridge, you know, um, and, and there's a certain version that, that I use. And I, I kind of, in my Bible, I kind of know where certain verses are on what page because I've studied it that way. And I'm giving, I'm highlighting two Bibles so that I can give one to my son and one to my daughter, you know, and, but the one thing that the Lord's been reminding me is don't, don't forget about my presence. Mm. Um, I remember the first time, you know, 
teaching a Bible study or leading worship, you know, and I was young. And so I kind of was kind of flipping about it, I guess. I don't, I, I don't know if I, I couldn't say I didn't have reverence, but I was just like, all right, cool. Send it. Let's do this. Right. And, and man, when I, the first time I grabbed the guitar and I was asked to lead worship, I don't think I was prayed up. I don't think my heart was prepared. And I, I got my guitar and I stood behind the mic and I was like, looking at all these eyeballs staring at me. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I'm, I wish I was prepared, but I'm also glad that I experienced that pitfall because the Lord reminded me right there and then in front of all these hundreds of college and high school kids, it's not about them. It's about me, you know? And I remember, you know, singing the first song, Lord, I lift your name on high. And, and I stopped it. I was like, oh man, that was horrible. Let me start it again, you know? But I needed that experience because I'm not going to talk about the Christian music industry, but anyways, <laughs> I realized worship was so dear and near to me that I needed to be, that it's all about audience of one. That was about Jesus yeah. and I'm worshiping him. Yeah. You know, that no matter how good I, or bad I sounded or my guitar was off, I knew the Lord reminded me then I was like 16, 17 years old, I think, where it's about me. And I look at the heart, you know, and Jesus says that right in, in, his, in, the, in the Gospels. You worship me with your mouth and your lips, but your heart is far removed. And as a young man, I was reminded that worship needed to be. And so Exodus 33 is near to me because, like you mentioned, who's going to reign? I mean, who's reigning right now? Jesus Christ. You know, and even though we're seeing like chaos in other parts of the country, even in our country, you know, we're seeing uh, the police officers that are fearful of doing their jobs, you know, uh, I, I think it was it in Detroit or Chicago, and it was a dash cam where a shooting happens right in front of the patrol cars. There's two officers in the car, and there's Get two out of here. The gangbangers didn't care there was a patrol car right there because they had their headlights on. Mm -hmm. The guy in the back comes out with a gun, pop, 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 and drives off. And then the patrol car just leaves, yeah. you know? So, you know, there are officers out there that are fearful of doing their jobs and rightfully so, you know? Um, my thing is, if you're going to put on a uniform and a badge and you can't pull out your gun and do your job, then go find another line of work. Mm -hmm. um, because I also believe that a lot of these, you know, a lot of us that wear the uniform and the badge, we're, we're husbands and wives and we're fathers and mothers, right? And, you know, most of us go into that job knowing that I can die and we're, we're okay with that. But then a lot of us get married and we have kids and that changes your worldview. Mm -hmm. 
you know? And so, and even when that happens, if you don't have the presence of Jesus Christ with you and you die, you're choosing eternity to go to hell or heaven. Those of us that are believers, right? If I die, it's like, I used to tell my wife when I was in the fire service, Hey, if I go in a fire, no, I'll see you in heaven. I will see you in heaven. And of course, my wife's like, don't talk like that. Don't talk like that. No, but it's reality. Yeah. I could die. Right. And so, I mean, how many troopers get struck on the interstate because of an idiot? Right. And so when I die, I'm going to heaven. And so, and if you think about it, and maybe I could, if you can follow along with my thinking pattern. In the New Testament, we take our last breath, right, here on earth, and we take our first breath in heaven. So if that's if God created our body, and right now we are breathing without even trying, right? We are seeing without trying. Well, maybe I might need my glasses soon here. But, but Moses says, man, can you get, can, if I can find some grace in your sight. Then God says, my presence shall go with thee. Then Moses says, man, Lord, if your presence doesn't go with me, I will not go. And then, you know, we got to keep in mind, Moses is the dude that was up in the mountain, right? And because he visited with the Lord, what was he was shining, right? So if, if I'm breathing and living right now, and I forget all the time, God's presence is with me now. If and when I die, his presence will be with me then. You know? And so in light of what's going on in the world, it's a great reminder, I think, for all of us is to be in the presence of God's word. You know, to be in his word. And knowing the fact that, you know, Psalm, I believe 139 says, that God goes before us, right? And then the old King James, he's our rear guard. He's behind us. And I love how the Lord, it says in the book of Acts, the Lord stood by Paul. And we forget sometimes because we're so distracted with a lot of stuff, you know. Um, I'm begging and pleading with God right now because I'm trying to sell my house. And, and so that, if you're in Colorado and looking for a house, just, yeah, if you got money, call me, call me. Um, it has a basement. I know that. Yes. Phenomenal, huge basement. But, you know, even in trying to sell this house and getting it beautified and all that. And I'm like thinking, man, if I die. This house is not even in comparison to, you know, what we're going to be living in the book of Revelation, right? Streets of gold. And I'll be like, towards the end, chapters, what, 19, 20, 21, and 22, right? I was just like, man, hmm. the new heaven and the new earth, right? That That, that is going to be something else. Hmm. And so... Are we going to go through tribulation? 
Yeah. Are we going to go through hard times? Yeah. But who's there the whole time? Jesus. You know? And I think the hard part for us is we, for, we take our minds off of, you know, I, I don't know if I was talking with you about it, but I was, I was talking to somebody. I was like, it's, it's, isn't it funny how Peter is a professional fisherman. They fish all night. They didn't catch anything. And then all of a sudden they see something walking on the water, you know, and, and, and the fisherman says, it's, it, it's the rabbi. And, you know, boisterous Peter, he's like, hey, bid me to come, you know. Hmm. And Jesus is like, cool, I love your faith. Come on out. What happens to Peter when he takes his eyes off of Jesus? Yeah. He sinks, mm-hmm. you know. And what, what bewilders me is we do this as well. You and I as men, we, you and I as someone that's been in uniform is we fall back on our training, right? Mm-hmm. You fall back on your training. Peter was a professional fisherman. He didn't fall back on his training. And he said, Lord, save me. You know, as a professional fisherman, what would you do? It's like, I know how to swim. You're not a fisherman if you don't know how to swim, right? Yeah. But he probably saw, dude, this guy's walking on water. I want to do that, right? And so as soon as he took his eyes off of the Lord and saw that I'm walking on water, right? He was sinking, but the Lord knew. And I, I think for me, like today, you know, I was kind of discouraged over the weekend and having an open house, nobody coming and knowing the fact that I need to go do a work, you know, um, not officially announcing anything yet, but I have to go do a work, you know, and, you know, before we got on this, you know, podcasts, I was reading Philippians chapter one, where Paul says, being confident in this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it or perfect it, right? And I'm like, thank you, Lord. I needed that, you know? Yeah, it's been on my mind a lot too. You know, and I I just noticed, like, I've had this Calvary Chapel cup since Bible College days in Twin Peaks. I just realized that Dove's kind of crooked. It's supposed to be like this. (laughs) I need to talk with... uh, you know, Mike and Pam Roselle of the Potter's House Ministry, but, you know, everything we hold has some sort of master creator behind it, right? Like your hat that I see, the, the, the muscle man's barbells behind Adam's garage, somebody perfected it. And, and if we are the clay, right? And God is the potter. And I, I posted something on my uh, Instagram. It is the potter's wheel. Mm-hmm. And you have the potter's hand shaping it. And let, let's admit, going through trials suck. It just sucks. You know, going through, you know, like when we're at the academy and the, the commander's like, all right, today we're going to go through this. And you're just like, ah, that's going to suck. And um, 
Oh, someone's feeling tight, huh? Yeah, apparently this uh, bench here is not the most comfortable. But, you know, I want to encourage us, you know, the, the thin line believers, um, whether you're a cop or a firefighter, you know, uh, whether you're, you know, frontline nurse or a soldier, um, first and foremost, stand firm in the word of God, you know, and I'm just, re- I was just reminded this morning, it's like, Michael, I'm not done with you, you know, and soon as you think you're coming off the, the potter's wheel, I'm like, sweet. But then what happens when you get off the potter's wheel? You're going into the heat, the furnace. I'm just like, <sighs> you know, it's like he's pressing it down. He's just digging in, taking clunks of clay out, you know, clay out. And it's like, don't like this about you, Mike. I'm just like, oh, Lord. Right. And then it's like, cool. The wheel's slowing down. You're like thinking, all right. And he takes that and then puts it in the, the furnace, right, to perfect it. And then he's got to glaze it. You know, and I'm just like, okay. So I realized I needed it. You know, I need, I need patience, right? Weight training, W-A-I-T, that, the weight training that we don't like. And something that I've just realized is I need to just keep my eyes on the Lord. And knowing the fact that Moses says, hey, if your presence will not go with me, I'm not going to go. You know, and, and if you think about it, Moses made a conscious choice then as a leader chosen by God to lead the Israelites. Hey, if, you're not, if your presence isn't going to go, I'm on my own. Yeah. You know, and that's something I'm, you know, I'm realizing, hey, if God's presence is not going to go, I'm not going to go. How, yeah. how e- e- easy that makes it for us. You know, as believers, because right now, um, you know, let's slightly touch upon it, not to make it political, but we have governors in this country that are mandating something. How can I word this? That goes against my convictions. <laughs> Well, not only convictions, but let me, let me try to put a, I don't know, biblical or spiritual light to it. Yeah. There are countries that are under the Islamic rule where you have to cover your face, especially women, right? Yeah. Women can't show anything. Like, you know, it's like they have a head covering. They have to, and I don't think God designed us to be that way because we reflect the image of God, right? So we have people in position, elected positions that have tasted power. And if yielded in a degree that it's unrighteous, then it's tyrannical. So you know, where do we stop? You know, if there's a mask mandate, not only in businesses, but in schools and the whole government or cities and counties, 
where do we stop? You know, to say you're not going to, you're no longer going to hide the image of God to be a witness of others. And, you know, and there's a lot of pastors and Christians, Christian leaders out there that are on the fence. Um, I saw a post uh, of a pastor saying that if you don't show your vaccination record, you can't attend church. <laughs> I was, I was getting ready to pull my hair. That's, that's very short. That's why. Um, but I was right. That way I can't do it. But yeah. I, I'm like, wait a minute. That's like a hospital saying, oh, sorry, we don't take in sick people. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, touching an appointment lightly, you know, about masks and mandates or whatnot. My question to the thin line believers or the thin line community is how often have we failed at the mandates in the scriptures? You know, when Jesus says, come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Can we see that as a mandate? Yeah. Yeah. Have I we failed at it? I right? Mercy, not sacrifice. But how have we failed in it? Yeah. You know, and so where you know, where do we draw the line on like all this talk for centuries, you know, or not centuries, but you know, hunt, you know, years in our country. Separation of church and state, separation of church and state. All of a sudden, someone has a little bit too much power and they want to come into the church and take it. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, we saw a preview of what was happening in Canada. You know, pastors being arrested and churches couldn't meet. Just, I think last week, I saw videos of the French police mm -hmm. asking for a vaccination you know, documentation, you know, outside of all things at a restaurant. And so, and it, you know, is it New Zealand or Australia where it's pretty much don't talk to your neighbors, Australia. Don't, don't start a conversation, you know? And so anyways, I know that this, this topic could go into bigger pictures, but I just want to encourage us. Like, I know that you brought up, uh, you know, Isaiah, the king reigns, you know, and, and I, it just dawned on me. It's like, it's, it's about the Lord's presence. God's not done with us, mm -hmm. you know, and I wish I could be like a kid again and just trust in my parents to be like, cool. Mom and dad's got this right. Yeah. Um, I think it's hard for us as, Adults now, you know, we, we want in, in our control um, and I think it's just wise for us, like Pastor Chuck would always say, don't fall on the things that you don't understand. Fall on the things that you do understand. Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. 
when you die, you're going to heaven. Mm -hmm. You know, but until then, love Jesus, right? Love his word, love yeah. his people, pray, you know, be joyful, show mercy. Ready for me to close this out? Yes, sir. Okay, I've been saving this verse and I'm going to read it and I'm going to tell you what it does not say. So more from Isaiah 32, verses 16 and 17. It says, the Lord's justice will dwell in the desert. His righteousness live in the fertile field. The fruit of that righteousness will be peace. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. Now, I know this is speaking of something in the future, right? When Jesus rules and reigns. But it's also speaking of something spiritual. And here's what it doesn't say. It doesn't say the Lord's justice and his righteousness will be in the world. Okay. It doesn't say that that's going to be what you're going to experience around you in this lifetime. But as Jesus Christ lives within us, as the Holy Spirit lives within us, this justice and righteousness is a part of us through his Holy Spirit. And it's in that that you'll receive that peace, the quietness, and confidence. It's the peace, the quietness, and the confidence that you receive from the Holy Spirit. And if you're not experiencing that today, as I was experiencing last night, okay, I was dealing with anxiety over having my eyes on the world. I've spent too much time watching what's going on in Afghanistan, what's going on in my own state. And so my eyes were lowered, right? And so I took the time last night to pray and to really ask the Lord, Lord, why am I not experiencing this quietness and this peace that comes from righteousness, not my own righteousness, but the righteousness of the Lord. And I think my answer today is just that, that I need to get my eyes up, that I need to lift my eyes up. We talked about Revelation chapter three. Patience, knowing that Jesus is coming back. And that patience that uh, Jesus says, it, it keeps me from the hour of trial that's going to come upon the world. And yeah, just like you said, Michael, we have to deal with some crummy things in this life. But I think we need to step back from looking at the tree and be able to see the forest a little bit. But like I said earlier, this, this is all part of a failed, failed experiment time after time after time that the enemy keeps, keeps trying to accomplish. And sometimes he gets further than others, right? I mean, look at the Third Reich. He, how far did he get with that one? And he's going to continue to try it. And he's going to continue to do this because he doesn't know when the time is up. He doesn't, he, he doesn't have God's point of view. He has the word just like you and I do, and he knows it very well. 
And so he's going to keep trying this. He's going to keep setting up his antichrists. But ultimately, we know Revelation 19. We know when Jesus comes back that all that's going to be conquered once and for all. And we know Revelation 20, 21, and 22, that there'll be peace, right? There'll be righteousness ruling and reigning forever. But just like Michael is doing, let's take those verses from Revelation and apply it to our own spiritual life right now. If we give that up to our conquering king, if we give our if we give ourselves over to the conquering king, we can, we can have that life of peace, of justice spiritually. Because Jesus already died for all that. Kind of reminds me of Corey Tenboom, especially her sister, who when they were in the concentration camps, they st- her sister still had a peace and her, and her heart broke for the Germans, for the Nazis. Hmm. And that is, that's a spirit that's truly given over to Christ that you can still have peace in that time. You can still know the presence of Christ, even though everything around you is, is hell on earth. Right. I hope we don't get to that point, and I don't think that we will, but my point is that regardless of what the storms are doing around you, we can be like Jesus and just sleep in the boat as long as we have the Holy Spirit within us. So, Mike, I pray to send you on praise out. Yes. Cool. Jesus, we come before you, the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, help us to focus our eyes upon you, God. Much like when Peter stepped on water, he took his eyes off and he sank. So therefore, help us to keep our eyes focused upon God to prevent us from sinking. And unlike Moses, Lord, he says, Lord, if your presence will not go, I will not go. So in whatever direction that we're headed in life, Lord, may may you allow us to make sure that your presence is next to us, God. Knowing that, Lord, when we read scripture and when we live this life here on earth, it's all about you, Jesus. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else, Lord. And we ask that you would just pour out your spirit upon our lives so that, Lord, when our coworkers, our family members, our friends look at us and wonder in amazement why we're so different, even in through various trials that we're going through, there's a sense of joy in our hearts, Lord. And Lord, we ask that you would just perfect your work within us, Lord. Be with uh, the Thin Life Believers podcasts and the audience that it reaches, Lord, that it might minister to the hearts of the listeners, the hearers, Lord. Lord, the many men and women that put on a uniform on day in and day out, Lord, but they're still human. They still have a heart. Lord, may your spirit, may your gospel penetrate those hearts, Lord God. Because in this line of career, putting on a uniform, we take that step of faith knowing the fact that it might be the last time we might tell our spouses and our kids we love them. And so, Lord, we do ask that you would Lord, 
as the book of Revelation tells us, that you stand at the door and knock, and he who opens the door, I will come in and sup, will dine with him. But the Lord, the handle is on the, the listener, the person who hears your voice. They need to open that door. And so Lord, we ask that you would bless the inline believers, Lord, the believers that are wearing the uniform day in and day out. Strengthen them by your spirit, by your might. Lord, be with Brother Steve and Josiah, who wasn't able to join us today. Lord, bless them and watch over them, Lord. And we just ask that you would just continue to watch over Adam as well, myself. Lord, help us to keep our hands on the plow and keep ministering your grace and your love to others, Lord God. So just ask for your blessings, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Mike. Hey, just like Mike alluded to, you guys are the Thin Line Believers, so we appreciate your, your tuning in here. So... Uh, just a couple updates on where we're at. Started uh, Cop Church, a new segment within Thin Line Believers. Real short segment that we're planning on doing once a week. Um, and I'm thinking if the Lord wills it and if we're still here, uh, we'll start trying to do that live and uh, put out the recording so that even if you can't get to a physical church, you'll have a short segment that you can get in and just receive some of the word. So um, other than that, we are still active on social media. We're on YouTube and uh, like and subscribe, share this stuff if it's, if it's of uh, benefit to you. That way we can get the word out to other cops, first responders and civilians alike. Anything else, Mike? Nope, nope, nope. Keep your eyes up if you're stressed. Look a little higher. Okay. God bless. Have a good week.